Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Swag too, man. He had, he had the bow tie fresh on when it's I saw him last good. time, man. He he wore a suit to the studio on Wednesday, and I said, "Listen, I, man, I you like gotta, his style, you've man. Gotta stop doing no, this. no, major respect, man. <laughs> Chris is a guy. I say to myself, look, if I if I want to dress like that full time, he's the guy I'm going to, man. It's true. Like he's, he's he's very dapper. He's always dapper down, no doubt about that. But you've got the classic Electric Factory duo today. You already know the drill. You want to chime in? You can do so. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. Oh, man, it feels good to get one of those. Oh, right? it's been too long. <laughs> we got some developments with this roster, Mr. Motes. Yes, we do. Some moving and shaking at the outside linebacker position. Some unfortunate injuries there as well, too. T.J. Watt, his status still kind of up in the air. Didn't practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. J. Roan Elliott added to the team added to the roster, brought back to the roster, I should say. And, you know, there was a lot of travel delays yesterday in the city with, right. with the president coming to the convention center. But when I first saw all the traffic blocked on the parkway, Uh-oh. I thought it was Tuzar Skipper Nation li- oh, li- lining hey. up to jump off the Clemente Bridge because the Steelers didn't go out and bring yeah. Tuzar back. <laughs> I, I was very I – w- I don't want to say I was surprised by that move, but I was surprised at – how well Steeler Nation kept it together. Because, yeah, I, I, I thought my Twitter was going to explode for a second, man, with all the Tazar Skipper. Oh, he's been released. Oh, he's cleared waivers. Oh, it's Tazar. Oh, oh, and then when I was like, oh, they signed Jay Ron. Oh, okay. All right. Tazar Skipper or Lawrence Taylor, you man. tell me in, in the eyes of Steelers fans. Dude, I, I was all the way thrown off. I was, I, I, I was scared to say anything about the situation. Yeah. I was like, man, this is crazy right now. And then for me, man, it, it was – I felt it in multiple ways because you're looking at two players in Cesar Skipper and then um, and young Elliot, and I'm like, okay. And then I see they still had uh, Robert Spillane on the practice squad. I'm like, well, they got options. But then I'm torn because I'm thinking how it came to that and my personal connection with Chicks. So I'm just like, oh, man, this is just, oh. But then I'm like, oh, I'm excited because I'm like, oh, Ola, this is a great opportunity for Ola. Sure. So all these different things were going on for me, man, as I'm following this whole situation on Twitter. Yes, yeah, certainly. Again, a, a lot of movement, a lot of shaking uh, on uh, on the Steelers roster, particularly the outside linebacker position. I want to ask you about Ola. Let's start there. Oh yeah, uh, it's Ola Adami. We don't know what T.J. Watt's availability is going to look like on Monday night, but it's pretty clear that he's still banged up. Right. Ola now with you know with. With Chick being placed on the what's the exact commission, the commission com- reserve commissioner exempt list, yep. yes. 
there goes your third, you know, your kind of your sixth man off the bench, if Correct. you will, in terms of that outside linebacker position. Ola, I think this season has played only 36 snaps on defense. Yeah. I, I looked this up well, online. And obviously, sure remember, he missed a couple number. of weeks earlier And he on missed with some time surgery. as well, too, yes. yeah. Ola looks like more than likely, even if Watt does play, he's still going to have to be that third guy who comes in and spells those guys oh, to come in in relief. Well, and then even if TJ does play, you still don't know his full extent sure. of his availability or the length of that. Right, and, and even when Bud and TJ were playing healthy every single game, you still had Chick coming in at times. Absolutely. You still had Ola coming in at times. So what can we expect from young number 92 on Monday night? Man, I think Ola has shown – throughout the preseason that he's uh, participated in, that he can be a very productive pass rusher. He can be a very productive player. The biggest concerns with Ola were his health because for two years now he's dealt with injuries that have sidelined him or derailed the momentum that he's had from OTAs, from training camp, from the preseason. So for me, I'm excited to see how he handles this opportunity because he's probably going to see the most playing time that he's ever had as a professional athlete this coming uh, Monday. And I look at it another way as well with if you have to have your first start or potentially the most game actually going to see, this is a very favorable matchup for Ola when you look at this Dolphins offensive line and how they've used five different combinations for starting offensive line units in six weeks. That's the recipe for disaster. This team has allowed 24 sacks. So with all that being said, if you're Ola, you have to be very excited about this opportunity because, hey, you get a chance to – essentially erase everything that's happened this season for you in terms of being hurt, in terms of having to come back and work your way back into the rotation, work yourself back into playing shape, because that's another element people don't really like to talk about. But you sit out with a knee injury, you're not able to run and, and stay in the shape that you need to stay in. So all of that is happening for him. But in terms of this matchup, this is a great opportunity for Ola, and I'm excited for him. Uh, I am too. Uh, we all know – Part of why I think we're so in love with him, right, is that he wears number 92, and he comes from the Mac, and he's an undrafted guy. You guys like him for and, that. And he likes to get after the quarterback, which we love here in Pittsburgh. And that is clearly his bread and butter, right. is rushing the quarterback. And you referenced training camp there, and that's good, actually, because that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. He was certainly one of – and you know how these things work at training camp. There's always a lot of guys that get a lot of talk and a lot of coverage. The training camp darlings. He was towards the top of that list this past year. Oh, without year a doubt. In Latrobe. Like, no question. He was a guy that everybody wanted to watch, that everybody was talking about. And we were having some discussion about him on the sideline one day at training camp uh, during a backs-on-backers drill uh -huh. where, where he was just bull-rushing yeah. some people. And I said to – Somebody who's, whose name I'm not going to say, but someone who's involved with the Steelers. I said, man, Ola really looks like he's going to have a year this year, huh? I was like, five sacks, six sacks, seven sacks? Could you see it? And the guy said, yes, but he's got to get better at playing the run. We know what he can do in the pass rush game, but he's got to get better in against the run. Have you seen any development in that regard? Do you have any concerns in that department? I personally don't have concerns in that department, and it's for a couple of reasons. He has the physical ability to play the run, but a lot of times as a young player, you just want to get sacks because that's what gets you talked about. That's what gets the social media going crazy, and that's ultimately what gets you paid. When we talk about Bud Dupree, people will judge him based off of his sack productivity, but when you talk about him against the run, he's I mean, one of the best you're going to get out there in terms of wrecking havoc on the edge in the run game. But that's not glamorous. That doesn't make people say, ooh and ah, he just set the edge. They don't care about that. And that's some of the things that younger players struggle with in terms of 
understanding what they need to focus on and understanding which call allots for them to rush the passer versus which calls are designed for them to stop the run. And I tell young players all the, uh, tell young players this all the time, you will never get a sack on a run play. So with that being said, man, you play the right. Are man. you are you sure about that? Uh, I'm 100 okay, sure. Okay, I'll take man. your word for it. Like it just doesn't happen. But the thing that I will say about Ole, and I was able to spend some time with them before training camp, doing uh, some of the youth football camps and stuff like that. And you can just like through those conversations, you could just hear how hungry he is to not only have an impact on this team, but to show people that. Hey, I, don't don't put me in this frame of being young James Harrison. I want to show people who I am. I want people to know my name, and I think that he has what it takes to be the next guy here in Pittsburgh. But it's going to really come down to him taking advantage of these opportunities, and this is a prime one for him. We know we're going to see him in action on Monday night. Uh, not if, just how much of a Correct. spin, and obviously that relates with T.J. Watt's health. What do you think? There's been a lot of talk, right, about how, oh, this is the Dolphins, and, and it's a get-right game, and it, it, this should be, you know, an opportunity for Mason to come out and slick, and all these things. But we know the Dolphins are an NFL team that are capable of any given Sunday or, very capable. or, or Monday night. Yeah, very capable. And <laughs> we've seen that throughout their past couple of games as well. Right, and it's something, I believe it was Javon Hargrave had the quote yesterday. Someone asked him about potentially playing down to your competition and he said these guys are professional football players i've never bought into that playing down to your competition that's a these media guys, narrative that's right a right narrative. these guys are capable so i ask you if tj watt is 50 50 60 40 right do you have an inkling to potentially hold him back a little bit in this game or are you just looking at it as hey it's it's the next game we have to win if tj can give us something he's going to be out there Anytime you have a player that's battling injury, you have to ask yourself with what you're going to get out of that player, obviously not in a 100% health capacity, is that as good or better than what you would sure. get out of a fully healthy 100% backup? 100% Ola versus 70% right. TJ. And that's something that personnel has to decide in terms of the coaching staff. And then that's also something that TJ has to decide. Because sure. we said every – any athlete you talk to always feels that, hey, their best is more than good enough. I can go. Even if they're hurt, hey, I still can do this. But sometimes they have to uh, really look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, am I going to help my team or am I going to hurt my team? Mm. And that's something that none of us can answer because we're not doctors and we're not TJ, so we don't know how he feels. But if TJ is good to go, you play him. If he's not, you roll with Ola and you make sure that you get the best out of Ola. And that's just how I look at it in that regard. But – the one thing that I do think is very promising in terms of this opportunity for Ola, you think about how many linebackers have come to that room, outside linebackers in particular, that have got their opportunity through injury yeah. and have made the most of it's it. True. I may, I'm an example of that. Anthony Chickalo is an example of that. You think about even James Harrison. He was the prime example of Jason that. Jason Worlds. It, it just The list goes on and on of guys who have been out there because of somebody getting hurt or other circumstances, you think Joey Porter with the, the pregame yeah. fight versus the Browns. Like, yeah. that's the type of stuff. It doesn't matter how the opportunity comes. It's what you do with that opportunity. And for Ola, if he's been doing what I think he's been doing, he's been training. He's been preparing for this moment. And I think this coaching staff is confident in him knowing that, hey, if he goes out there, we have to depend on him for 60 snaps, 70 snaps. He's going to get the job done. And that's the thing that I think is so promising about this. 
Gonna go to break here a, a little early, like we like we do on Thursdays, because coming up next that's our, a benchmark in our in our show. That is a benchmark in our show because <laughs> we like to get a few extra minutes with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette before we send him off to practice. <laughs> you know, to do the real the real journalism, the real reporting for us. So when we come back here, Brian Backo, good friend of the show, no new friends. You know how this works. None of that, baby. We only have two friends on this show: Jordan Dangerfield and Brian Backo, the latter of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And he will join us next on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. You're inside the electric factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. The guest we need, but not the one we deserve, Woo! Brian Batko. I mean, he, he's always been a good friend of the show, but now he's part of the family because David on Twitter has photoshopped Brian as Batman overlooking the city of Pittsburgh. And, you know, again, when once you're part of the uh, the power grid Photoshop, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like being Facebook official. That's, that's how you know it's real. That's big time. That's big time. It's, yeah, part, part of the family, and, and you can never take sides against the family, right? So. No question. <laughs> This is, you know, Wait, hold are, on. This isn't the Stan Savage we're show. Go, we're, we're adjacent, though. <laughs> Stan adjacent. Uh, a lot going on with the outside linebacker position. Tuzar Skipper was not brought back. J. Roan Elliott was. Uh, looks like it's going to be a big game for Ola Adaini on Monday night. Are you confident that the Steelers have enough ammunition at that position for for Monday night and, and potentially going forward for Monday night probably yes but going forward it, it could be a position that you need to fortify somehow some way obviously they're they're comfortable enough with Jay Elliott not only that they brought him back uh, even before kind of seeing what would happen with Tuzar sure. Skipper in, in the waiver process but I mean he was playing a little bit at, at the end there before he got cut before the Chargers game to make room for Paxton Lynch slash Trey Edmonds, so, uh, you know, he, he got some snaps in, in meaningful situations in that Ravens game. That tells me that they're not really afraid to put him out there and, and get some good reps out of him every once in a while. So, obviously, uh, Ola's going to be the, the next man up and, and the one who's, you know, most in position to uh, to, to get a chance here with the Anthony Chicolo situation. So, uh, and, and also, I mean, with, with T.J. Watt maybe being a little bit banged up, uh, all that could turn into a, you know, a really big night for, for Ola if he gets a lot of opportunity. Well, and I was going to ask you, you said for this game, you, you you think this is enough in that room, but going forward, you don't think that T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, and Ola would be enough going forward with a Jay Elliott as that fourth guy? Or I, think think we've see, I think we've got to see still what Ola has yeah. uh, in store. You know, it's, it's still a relatively small sample size True. for him. He, he's never had a ton of exposure out there uh, against a, an NFL team, and the Dolphins are barely on the cusp of that. So that's why I say <laughs> that, you know, I think he can, he can be all right for you Monday night. But as the schedule gets tougher again, we, we've got to find out just what he's made of. And, and that's why it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not predicting necessarily a blowout of Miami, but if the Steelers do get to build up a little bit of a lead more than they have so far this season, aside from the Cincy game, maybe that's a chance to, to get Ola some more work. Mm. With uh, Stephon Tuitt out, with T.J. Watt banged up, is it even more imperative now that we see – that splash continue that we've seen from Bud Dupree this year, an even more important role for him now? Yeah, I think so. It's it's going to come down to how they utilize the, the guys who were once backups on the defensive line and are now going to be elevated to much more regular roles. Obviously, Tyson Alualu comes to mind, and Javon Hargrave, while kind of a starter in name, 
when you're in so many sub-package defenses, doesn't necessarily play starter-type snaps. Mm-hmm. And then Dan McCullers, I mean, he's kind of a wild card. Like, yeah. how will his big role? Dan. Will Big Dan's role <laughs> change? You know, normally he's just basically come in uh, in obvious rundown situations and, and maybe the occasional snap here and there to spell Stephon it or Cam Hayward. But will he get utilized a, a little more often either in, in two- or three-man fronts? So we'll see. But, yeah, they're going to have to continue getting pressure from that outside linebacker tandem and uh, mostly Bud Dupree. And I think he's been pretty solid this year. I mean, the numbers aren't blowing you away, but he's just been generating pressure consistently and standing up against the run and, and even breaking up a pass here and there when he's asked to drop back into coverage. Yeah, man, uh, staying on top of it, but he has been, I think, doing a good job. When you look at his numbers, they aren't too far off from TJ. When you talk just tackles and sacks, the biggest difference is the amount of QB hits that TJ has generated. And he's right up there with his brother. Absolutely, yeah. and that's the part where you want to see more from Bud. But this week, definitely, I mean, when you look at that Dolphins offensive line and whichever unit they throw out, I mean, it's been five, like I said, five different starting combinations throughout these six games for them. Whoever they put out there, this has to be a game where Bud makes that impact very prevalent, makes that matchup look like it's supposed to be. Yeah, and, they, and they've done that in the opportunities that they've had against pretty weak offensive lines, mm-hmm. the Bengals certainly, and then the Chargers to a, a little bit lesser extent. But it's been a rough situation for any of Miami's quarterbacks who've been in there. I mean, Josh Rosen, kind of feel for that guy early on in here in his <laughs> NFL career. I mean, I liked him going into the draft uh, was it a too. year ago, and, and, you know, he's falls on hard times with Arizona, gets thrown in there, and then, of course, gets traded to a, a Dolphins situation that's as bleak as any in the league yeah. right now. So his numbers aren't good. He's not playing particularly well, but, you know, he was uh, – you know, some people born on third base thought they hit a triple. He's like, you know, <laughs> born, you know born at home plate. Oh, so, man. Uh, obviously, it seems like they're going to roll with Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Fitz magic, baby. Fitz magic, who uh, – interesting history with the Steelers. Didn't realize till I looked it up. Yeah. Played him six times – He's 0-6 against yep. them, but uh, he's, he's done it with Houston. Cincinnati, yeah. Tampa Bay last year on Monday night, the Buffalo, Buffalo, Bills, Buffalo Bills in yeah. 2010. Uh, an, another team that yeah. kind of similar to this Dolphin squad he rolls in with, they were struggling that year. I, were, that was my rookie year. We were struggling, two, and two, we should have won that game too. Yeah, it was a close one. I think yeah. it was 17-14. Overtime, touchdown, drop pass, Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson, that's when he blamed God, yeah. right, for, for his yeah. hands. Absolutely. I want to say that he Buffalo. He needed to call God instead. <laughs> Dude, it was a rough, oh, man, I was – yeah, that hurt. I want to say that Buffalo team started 0-6 and yeah. then maybe 2-8 and after losing to the yeah. Steelers. 0-6, three weeks in a row we lost on overtime. Not that you remember anything. Yeah. So, hey, how about, how about that talking point, though? He's been here before. I mean, Ryan oh, Fitzpatrick's absolutely. been in the league long. He's been basically every what, situation. F- Fifteen years, man. Right, crazy. it's crazy. He's been yeah. quarterbacking longer than Mike Tomlin's been coaching. Crazy. Kind of shocking when I saw yeah. that uh, the other day. But So he's been in this situation before with a franchise that's kind of young and rebuilding and is yeah. off to a winless start through a quarter or a third of the season, I should say. You know, that, that, I'm not saying that the, the Dolphins are all all of a sudden going to get sparked by that, but they did play better last week against well, Buffalo. And also the week prior to that, when they put him in versus the, uh, the Redskins, he lit a spark under him. And that's the one thing that we see with Ryan. It seems as if he has that ability to get hot. Yeah. But at the same time, he has the ability to throw the game away. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you get yeah. and why he's been kind of just a part-time starter right. for most of his career. But but maybe he's what that offense needs right now to, to ignite something. Because, 
I mean, I don't love the skill position players in Miami. Um, yeah, but Devontae you, Parker, I was going to say, Williams. you've got Devontae uh, Parker at least as a guy with pedigree, and yeah. he's on a little bit of a heater. He's got a touchdown in, in right. three straight games, and for all we know, in the next six days here, maybe trying to get used as a trade chip by them. Mm. I, we'll see, but um, it's Mike Gesicki I liked in college, yeah. but really hasn't been able to become a consistent producer yet in the right. NFL, and you know, the running backs are, are in flux for them as well. They, they were relying on Kenyon Drake coming into the year, and now all of a sudden it's, it's Mark Walton who played at Miami, right. kind of a little jitterbug who's, who's getting used a bit more. So uh, it's it's not a fearsome offense or defense coming in here on Monday night, but there, there are some pieces that could give you problems. Well, speaking of that, what challenges do you see these Dolphins presenting, though? I think that's the, the number one is maybe just some of that fits magic, like we said. I mean, yeah. you never know when he might just – like you, like you mentioned, uh, not throw the game away, but you know, just throw for three hundred right. or something like it, and, and it start happens. dropping and running, getting out of the pocket. I mean, yeah. he's getting up there in age, but he's still he was always more athletic than I think people gave mm -hmm. him credit for. So uh, th that would be, I guess, the one thing. But with the way the Steelers' defense is playing right now, uh, that doesn't seem particularly likely to me. Right. Well, and the thing that I want to talk to because since we're all on the media side now. Trap games, right? That's what they call it. It's a trap mm -hmm. game. It's a trap game. Can this realistically be viewed as a trap game for the Steelers when they're sitting at two and four? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I was asking guys about that yesterday, and I mean, you can say from a former player's perspective, Moats, is it uh, is it only BS half the time or a hundred percent of the time when guys <laughs> say we don't take anyone lightly and we're all professional? Hey, man, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> <laughs> some stuff happens. All right, right. But typically, that's when you're on a winning team. And you're Five and one, six and zero, oh, yeah. and you're playing against a team which like has usually been what this organization Absolutely. has been. So, and I know it, like it's common practice to say, "Oh, this is a trap game or this is a Tomlin game," but or are you going to play down to your opponent? Okay, how yeah. are you playing down to competition when you only have two wins right now yourself? Yeah, I think that what what people would say to that though is maybe this team is better than its record says, especially with the Chargers team that they just beat. Although they couldn't find a way to to pull it off against Tennessee Ryan the other day, so. If you still look at the combined records of the teams that the Steelers have beaten, it's not good. But the games that they've been close in, pretty much all of those games have aged well. I mean, you, you don't yeah. want to get five takeaways and lose to anyone like sure. you did to the Niners, but they're still undefeated. The Ravens game, you don't want to lose in overtime to anybody. Um, that it just goes to show that you had a chance to close out a game and you couldn't. But look at what they did last week against right. Seattle, and, and plus you were – you were jolted through that game with Mason Rudolph going out and, and Doc Hodges stepping in. So uh, none of the losses really look bad now uh, on paper. Right. But at some point, you got to find a way to just turn close calls into wins. So we'll, we'll see if they can uh, make it not so close on Monday night. Uh, it, it would be a game that I think a lot of people are looking at, rather than a trap game, a get-right game so that you can mm. just find a team that is susceptible to just about anything and get Mason get Rudolph going. Up, yeah, get, get, your get your confidence going. going, whether it's him, whether it's the run game, the O-line, the defense that's got to generate some pressure after having some injuries. So uh, th there's a lot that could go right for the Steelers. And I just wrote um, yesterday, I mean, as much as people like to talk about, like you said, Mo, it's kind of, oh, is this a classic, you know, Mike Tomlin team is, is going to overlook someone or whatever. Sure, they've had stumbles like that in the past, but not against a team that's been this bad. I mean, they, they've been two touchdown favorites nine times under him they've lost once that was that Raiders game against Bruce Gradkowski Ooh, when he came in here Bruce. Was, but that team was four and eight you know they, yeah. they were they were pluckier than I think this Dolphins team has been and uh he's faced four teams that were zero and six or worse at the time he's never lost one of those so I, I don't really see this as one that poses a huge threat 
you mentioned Mason Rudolph there. What do you expect to see from him Monday night? First game back since that scary hit. We know the history of quarterbacks when they return from concussions, from head injuries. It usually takes them a game to get their feet back under them. But do you think with the opponent that the Steelers are facing that it kind of sets up nicely for Mason to, to get back into the offense and, as you mentioned, maybe get an early lead and just be able to kind of control and manage things the rest of the way? I think it sets up nicely as a game for him to settle in as it goes yeah. along. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and there's some rust just because it has been a little bit of a layoff. And, you know, while he's been getting work in practice, that's a different setting than actually right. doing it uh, in a real NFL game, even if it is against what, what looks like to, to be a pretty weak defense. So I think it's got to be one of those games where, yeah, you, you get them started early with the ground game and then maybe you can – gradually open things up and and like Moat said gain confidence like a basketball player seeing the ball go through the hoop if he can see a few more completions uh, like the ones he was hitting against Baltimore before he went out got to think that, that that'll have him feeling good about himself and, and feeling good about where this offense is and it's it's not just him that I think needs to settle in I mean there, there's a lot of moving parts right now with this unit I mean James Washington will he be healthy in this game it looks like he's trending in that direction but hasn't been particularly productive when he has been healthy Benny Snell, will he get another chance to, to carry the rock and, and build off of his Chargers performance before Jalen Samuels comes back? We'll, we'll see what happens there. And, and the O-line, I think, should be able to, to have their way with the Dolphins' defense. I mean, they've been really good in pass protection. This could be a classic, you know, old school, just kind of smash mouth, pound them in with the run game early and often. Absolutely. Now, is, is it looking more and more like Rosie Nix will be back for this game? Is yeah, it does. Same? I didn't even mention – that's a good point. Right. I didn't mention Rosie Nix. It looks like he is – healthy for the first time since week one you got to think he's chomping at the bit to right. get in there and and whack some people and that should definitely back. have a huge impact no on doubt. the running game and I think that's something that they've been lacking along with the injuries that they sustained at the tight end position so they haven't been able to do the two tight end sets. they haven't been able to have the fullback out there which they've used so much in the past to have success in that running game yeah and you saw them bring Nick Vanetta in I think in large part to aid in that so that you can run more two tight end personnel groups. And, and it sounds like Vance McDonald, too, is, is even healthier like than it. he's been. So Sticking with Rosie being back, a, a lot of <laughs> the noise that we've heard from, from Steeler Nation has been, oh, you got to get out of the shotgun and no more of them sidecar handoffs. you got to get under center, let Rosie run ahead, let James or Benny get a pile of st or get, get ahead of steam going forward. Do you expect? Now that with Rosie back, we could see more of those heavier sets, the, the classic run game that Steelers Nation wants to see. I think that would make sense. I mean, not just to uh, to give you some confidence against the Dolphins, but potentially to, to scheme something later on in, in the schedule when you're going to need to be a little more multiple against teams with better defenses, like the next two that they'll see, the Colts and, and the Rams, not to look ahead. And, you know, like we've said, you, you can't be doing that if you're the guys down in that locker room or on that practice field right now. But uh, it's it's clear to see for anyone, I mean, whether you're a, a player, coach, or, or a fan, or guys like us in the media, this offense needs to, to be more multiple, be more balanced, and, uh, you know, as much as it needs to improve the run game, that opens things up in the passing game. So it's, it's all well and good to try to push the ball downfield if you're Mason Rudolph and company, but at the same time, you can only take what the defense gives you a lot of the time. Now, I know we're talking about the offense, but so you know I got to go back to the defense. Okay. Right? Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick traded leaves the Dolphins situation. How is he handling this whole week, man? It seems like he's handling it just fine. I mean, he called it a business decision yesterday, mm. talking with reporters. To me, that is really all it boils down to, especially when it's a different coaching staff than the one that drafted in right. him and, and invested him. So as much as he has had more than a year under his belt with that franchise, he only had two 
um, you know, I, I guess, or one regular season, two regular season games under his belt um, with that coaching staff and, and obviously the preseason and the offseason and all that. But it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of animosity uh, yeah. from his direction. I and mean, I think we're going to talk to Dolphins coach Brian Flores later today on a conference call. Maybe he'll get asked about that. You'd have to imagine he would. And I don't expect him to, to lob any shots Minka's <laughs> way. But, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an interesting subplot yeah. to this game. I wonder on Tuesday. Will Fitzpatrick pick off Fitzpatrick? Oh, that'd be Monday oh. night. Yeah. Well, it's really, we were talking about him, too. It's crazy how he's managed to play, what, 15 years now? 15, yeah. And get all those UFC fights in <laughs> and, and, hey, and man, launch, a, whis man. launch a whiskey company as well, too. I hope he shows up with the, the diamond chains and the suit. Yeah, I was going to say, out. he had That's some big moments last year with yeah, the uh, – yeah, wasn't the he wearing someone's chain? Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he looked like Conor McGregor out there. Yeah, that was pretty solid. you got to think if you're – Devlin Duck Hodges. That's like a, you know, maybe that's a path I can follow in my <laughs> NFL career. You know, just be this guy that jumps from instant team to heat, team. man. Yeah, yeah, instant offense. Just that yeah. duck. You know, duck magic. Um, hey, everybody be quacking. Hey, quack, for, for all quack, we, <laughs> quack. For all we know, he'll he'll still be the the backup or someone uh, here in ten years. But if not, uh, you, you can do a lot worse in your NFL career than uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tuesday. At Coach Tomlin's press conference, you weren't there, by the way. I'm, I'm keeping. Oh, Wes is on attendance. I'm keeping. I'm keeping attendance. Oh, wow, you on vacation? Come on. Okay. You know, we, we have these. We have, we have these fun little side prop bets that we always make. Veteran rest day. Oh, for me. Rest day. <laughs> we got. We got to work on Saturday this week because hey, the Steelers hey, practice. Did not so. practice. Coach's decision. Yeah. No pit exactly. home. Yeah. No pit homecoming for you on no Saturday. No pit homecoming huh? for me. JMU homecoming for me. What? That's right. You're calling this guy. This guy's man. on the color commentary Ooh. for the broadcast. Who they play? Towson. Mountaineers. Jordan Dangerfield squad. Mountain and uh, Saturday, Tom Flacco. God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Younger brother of Joe. One of the things uh, Tomlin talked about on Tuesday was with the bye week, uh, a chance to, you know, just kind of take a breath, reevaluate some things. And he mentioned expecting more from the newcomers, Minka and Nick Vanette. Is that fair? And what's that look like for those two guys? Minka, we've already seen him have success. If he takes his level of play here to the next level, and then what Nick Vanette getting a little more ingrained could mean for the offense. Yeah, I think for Minka it's pretty simple. It's it's more of just coming up with big splash plays like he provided uh, early on in his Steelers debut against the 49ers. Uh, I think he's been solid and, and pretty much locked down for the most part. Maybe a gap here or there, but nothing that has killed the Steelers. So, I mean, that's step one for integrating a guy like that. Step two – will be him playing faster, reading, reacting faster, and, and finding a way to really make a difference and, and help this defense come up with some more takeaways than he already has, which he's done a, a good job with that. But I'm sure he believes and the coaches believe he can do even more. As far as Nick Vanette, talked to him this morning. He basically just said he, he's feeling more comfortable. I mean, he felt comfortable basically after a week of being here. But the, the more he practices and gets to know his playbook and, and memorizes everything and gets it down pat, he thinks he can uh, he, he can be a little more involved in this offense, and I'm sure he'd like to catch more passes. He said that when he got here, he was happy to be with an organization that in an offense that uses their tight ends. Obviously, that wasn't a big role for him in Seattle, and got to kind of feel bad for the Seahawks. I mean, they trade him away because they really liked what they had with Will Disley, who yeah. caught two touchdowns <laughs> at Heinz yep. Field, and then he goes down with an Achilles injury. I'm right. sure they'd like to have Nick Vanette right back right now, and, and from his perspective, he'd, he'd probably be getting a lot more looks right Trinical now first if he still there. What's yeah, that? We'll trade him right. for a first we'll round. Yeah, we'll, we'll, for a first round. No <laughs> give backs. You know? um, I, I wonder if the Steelers will, will have any more trades up their sleeve. I feel like they've kind of hit oh. their hit their max maybe this year with how busy they've already well, well, been. Are you but saying it's, as it's a buyer or as a seller? That's either one. Question. Either one. It's crazy season in the NFL, it is, man. There's, man. There's almost no uh, no Ton divide. 
tons of movement. <laughs> no and player is safe. You look at you know where the Steelers <laughs> maybe have some strengths. Like uh, a lot of the times, the people that speculate on trades will say, "Oh, would someone want to bring in Artie Burns for, right. for maybe a late round pick just to try to salvage his career?" If you're the Steelers, you're probably not getting anything from him if you just let him walk in the off season. And uh, I don't know, another guy like could Zach Banner help a team that's you know banged up and needy at offensive line? I mean, you'd have to take a little bit of a leap of faith if you're another team because right. he's only been used here as a you know basically a tight end and extra blocker. But he's hey, he's, he's elite when it comes to dealing the ball, though, man. Have you seen? <laughs> yes, he is elite level protection, and he's just <laughs> a humongous man. No so. question. Last thing I wanted to ask you about before we get to your prediction here: special teams. A lot to like, a lot of above-the-line play, as Coach Tomlin would say. Uh, Boswell, perfect on the season so far, field goals and extra points. Jordan Berry. Right. Yeah, knock on wood. Don't you, don't you, don't jo- you put us down here Jordan Berry now. punting at a varsity level. Uh, huge punt at the end of the game against the Chargers in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago. Coverage has been good on punts and kickoffs. Johnny Holton down that one. But, but still in the return game, a lot to be desired. I think they're 30th out of 32 teams in return average. Is there anything that they can do there to improve to ho- help the offense with field position, or is it more of just a lacking in the personnel department in that area? I don't know. I just think it's so tough to return kicks or punts in the NFL. I mean, you've got a couple teams and or individual players who are really good at it. Like everyone saw the Cordero Patterson return mm-hmm. for the Bears against the Saints the other day. But even that one, like you could see from that Skycam angle that everyone was watching kind of went viral, like, all those blocks were just set up perfectly. And with a return with 11 guys, there's so many moving parts and, and so many things that have to go right. Like, sure, maybe the Steelers aren't near the top of the league at it, but you never know when something might break and, and you might get something going your way. So uh, if that happens, it, it'll be on whether the, the return men are dynamic enough. I mean, Cordero Patterson's elite right. in that regard. Uh, certainly I don't think Ryan Switzer or Johnny Holton or Deontay Johnson gets another chance. They're not really at that level, but – Hey, if you give a guy enough space, uh, anyone who does that at, at this level can probably make something happen. All right. Uh-oh, here we go. Now it's Moats' turn to gloat. <sighs> He's he got, feeling good about himself. He got the Chargers game right. You and I got yeah. it wrong. I, I mean, I do this. Now He's, he's feeling his oats he, after he, eating that he, big bar over there. Hey, man, shout out to what my man he, Backo, man, bringing me some eats and treats. What he won't tell you is that in our five full picks from last week, I have now – he had been ahead of me all year. We have now leapfrogged and we're tied. So, so it's not uh, a leapfrog. You said as if you got the lead on me now. I mean, I went 4-0-1 last week. That's, What's your overall record? We're tied, right? I, have, I haven't calculated, but we are tied. All right, so, yeah, you can't well, see hey, you been, Hey, you've been bragging. You've been, you're right. You, yeah, but you've so been bragging. You've been bragging. If you're about not first, how, you're last. Oh, yeah, Am first? I still first? Well, you're not first. You're tied for first. So I'm still first then. <laughs> five and right five. No, um, that's too many games. It no, you were four. four to, you he's, were, he's picking the steel like his predictions. He's oh, four yeah, two, yeah, right? Yeah, Opposite yes. of the steel. I think that's correct, yes. Chargers and... San Francisco were the two you, you got wrong, correct, I think? Yes. Okay. You are you are right. So, Mr. Backo, I know this is going to be a really tough one. I wonder where oh, you're going here. we got to make them pick the spread next Yeah, time. I was going to say the real question is, yeah. is probably just whether I think the Steelers are going to cover. Do uh, you think the Steelers are going to cover? I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to go no. I'm going to go slightly uh, maybe Dolphins backdoor it on them. I'll, I'll go Steelers 23 Miami's going to really struggle to move the ball, I think. I, I'll say the Dolphins get 10. I, I think they put up 10. Fitzmagic makes one or two plays here and there, and, and it's a 23-10. And good good for the Steelers, not so good for the betters on them, but uh, that, that's how I see this one playing out. Okay. Maybe a, pretty maybe ho-hum a, a, win. Maybe a, a last-minute touchdown by the Dolphins with yeah. three or four minutes yeah. left, something like that. I think that. it's going to be a pretty ho-hum win. Not quite as dominant against that Bengals offensive line just because yeah. you are – 
uh, trying to replace some pieces and figure things out on defense and on the other side of the ball. I mean, uh, Mason Rudolph is, like I said, I, I think he might be rusty from the start, but they, sh they should have plenty of firepower to get okay. it done. Seth, going to be a 40-pointer. Jeez, man. Sorry, Moats. 50 burger. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Treat him like that West Virginia. Come on. Hey, <laughs> no, WVU's off this weekend, and thank oh, God I need it. If only we could get Manchester United to take the weekend off, too. My, my emotions would be in a great place. <laughs> and then the place. Mountaineers come back to get uh, yeah, bullied Baylor. by Baylor. Baylor yeah. on oh, Halloween. The second, I've been saying it for three weeks. I think it's finally coming to fruition. Baylor's the second-best team in the Big 12. Thursday night game? Yeah, Halloween and Waco. Oh, Ooh. you never know, man. Oh, Thursday night game. It's true. Yeah, it gets a little wacky. Anything can happen. Yeah. But and it's you, Halloween. If so. you guys yeah. can help me with this, all right, because you're both well-connected, if you could get Lincoln Riley and Matt Rule out of the Big 12 uh. and, and get them to the NFL, I would greatly all appreciate right. it. Moats, you call Lincoln Riley. I'll call Matt Rule. Hey, Rule. it sounds good. Like you, you got his yeah. I'll text it to you. Yes, it, okay. thank you. There we go. <laughs> I mean, the Falcons are probably going to be hiring soon. There's one <laughs> franchise right there. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Find his work there. Find him on Twitter, at Brian Backo. We appreciate the time, as always, See partner. See you guys soon. Yes, coming, coming back here, I want to talk more about Rosie Nix and what that means for the run game. Inside the Electric Factory, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers fan, if you've been desiring more in the run game, if you've been uh, asking for a more balanced offense, I, I think this is certainly uh, not a minor development here, Motsi. I think this is big news. I think this is good news. And we all know, too, uh, Rosie just, he's a guy who likes to break face masks. He's a guy who likes to punch people in the mouth. And uh, we know Steeler Nation is going to be excited to see him back Monday night. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Rosie's that old school type player that you love because of how he's so physical at that fullback position. He opens up huge holes when you look at, you know, his ability in the running game and just ultimately how the Steelers have used him throughout his career here, throughout his yeah. tenure here. But the thing that I also like is what he brings to the special teams element as well. This guy has been a special teams captain for, what, the past three seasons now? Yes. So when you think about that, you see how he's going to not only have that impact on offense, but can create splash plays. You've seen him create turnovers turnovers in the special teams game, and that's something I'm really excited about in terms of his impact on the game. We kind of touched on this a little bit with, with Brian Backo there in the last segment, but we know James Conner wants to be a power runner. Yes, we saw against the Chargers. He can get out in space and make people miss, and he's athletic certainly, but he wants to run between the tackles. Benny Snell, we know, wants to run between the tackles oh, yeah. and play Benny Snell football. Does having Rosie back now make that power run game more of a realistic option going forward? Absolutely. You have to think. They've been trying to run the ball out of, what, 11 and 12 personnel, but not even a fully healthy 12 personnel, right. meaning one right. running back, two tight ends, because they've been lacking in the tight end department from a health standpoint. So when you think about all those things, bringing back Rosie – him being healthy, that adds another element of physicality. He's an extension of that offensive line. The things you're able to do with him, both outside runs and inside runs, he specializes in. He, he's the guy that if you're on defense, you see him, you're like, let me bite down extra hard on his mouthpiece because <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. Like, that's just what he brings to the game. And that's what I think if you're James Conner and Benny Snell, you have to be extremely excited about because you've been missing that. 
You haven't had the opportunity to run behind a fullback. You haven't had the opportunity to run behind somebody that's going to, you know, take on the brunt, the, the, the brunt of that first initial wave of defenders. Like, that's what Rosie does. And so because of that, fair to expect more snaps from under center, more runs particularly from under center, and how could that open up potentially the play-action game? Yeah, well, they're definitely going to be more in the center when, whenever you're using a fullback, unless you're doing – you hardly ever use a fullback in the shotgun, honestly. Right, right. And, yeah, so with that being said, you definitely anticipate seeing more stuff under center. And as long as the run game gets going like it should versus Dolphins defense that has struggled mightily on the ground in terms of stopping opposing rushing attacks, yeah. then absolutely that opens it up. And this Dolphins team has to respect that element of it, so it's going to be very – favorable situations for these receivers and that's the thing that I think bodes well for not only Mason but for all parties involved because this is a game where you can take advantage of so many things to get your confidence going and that's something that we know again Mason will need after a few weeks off here after that scary hit against the Ravens do you think for this current edition of the, so not like in a wide scope picture right for this team right now is it more important that they run to open up the pass or that they pass to open up the run? Now that Rosie's back, you definitely run first. And I think when you look at James Conner and you look at Benny Snell and the impact they were able to have on that Chargers game, why go away from that? Right. That's not only a very productive way to win games because you do multiple things with that. You protect the ball so you're not having the risk of turnovers, which you open yourself up to when you're trying to air it out with a young quarterback who doesn't have a lot of starting experience. But you also control the clock. And then with that being said, you keep that defense that has a chance to be great, you keep them fresh compared to what we saw earlier on in the season where those guys were playing way too many snaps and they weren't able to be dominant for four quarters because they would just gas out. So these are the things that you get with running the ball. And – I'll say this, man, in terms of opening up, when you start that running game and it gets going, it does open up the passing attack because now you're going to have to bring that extra defender into the box. Sure. And by doing that, now that handicaps what you're trying to do from a coverage standpoint, and you're going to get more favorable matchups. But it's going to be important that those receivers win those matchups because otherwise you're just going to be running against eight-man boxes, and that's not fun. No, not at all. And it's tough for anybody to have success in those situations. I wonder, I, I mentioned this, Tuesday at his press conference, Coach Tomlin said it's fair now with the bye week, with a few weeks under their belt, to expect more from the newcomers. Nick Vanette, as that relates to him, and now you've got Rosie back, and now you hope again you can get that run game going even more. You can line up under center. You can do some different things from a personnel package. Is it fair to expect, and, and Vance McDonald in this too, as he's kind of had a slow start to the season that if the run game opens up, that will directly uh, affect in a positive way the ability for Vance McDonald, for, for Nick Vanette to get open, to make some plays, to again have some favorable matchups and coverage. Absolutely. Um, I think more it, it directs, it directly impacts Vance McDonald a lot more than Nick Vanette, and here's why. You're anticipating seeing a lot of two-back sets. But unless you're in goal line or short yardage, you're not going to see two backs and two tight ends. So you're looking at 21 personnel, meaning James, Rosie, or Benny Snell, Rosie, and right. Vance McDonald. So Vance, at that tight end position, I can tell you firsthand, when you're play action, he's one of the guys that it makes it so difficult for as a defender because 
you want to come off and be super aggressive, but when it's that pass action, now he's fooling you. Now he's going to make you feel like you're winning. Now he's releasing off of you or he's swimming you off the line. And these are the different things that the tight end position presents challenges as, uh, challenges for as a defender. And it's all predicated off of a successful rushing attack. If they're not running the ball well, you're not respecting that run. Sure. But if they have a success on the ground, you have to assume that every play that they're in there with that two uh, that 21 personnel set, that they're going to be trying to run the ball on you. And it makes you more aggressive. And in turn, that's when you bring the finesse game into it from Vance, where you're swimming a guy, where you're slowly releasing behind the running backs, I mean the linebackers who are pressing up to stop the run. And that's how you get the – you're able to hit these deep, you know, over routes and stuff like that or right. uh, passing routes up the seam and things like that. So that's all going to be predicated off of the running back success, though. And with Rosie Nix being back, we're anticipating them having a lot of success in that. It's it's an exciting development, no doubt. Having Rosie back uh, for a lot of you, you mentioned even special teams too. He's a guy that means so much to this team. We haven't seen him yet this season. I, I am excited. Last thing I wonder as it relates to Rosie, we've talked about this was in your uh, your Professor Moats lecture. Mm -hmm. Creativity on offense. Does having a guy like Rosie back even open up more possibilities in that department? Yeah, just from a personnel standpoint, now you're able to, like I said, have the tw uh, the 21 personnel. Even if you align him in a wing set, sure. like we've seen them do in the past sometimes, and they run the play where they're pulling him in an offensive lineman or him in a tight end coming back across, he has the flexibility and the versatility to do that, which ultimately leads to some of the misdirection runs that you would want to see. But it's a better situation for the running back because – now he's not having to run behind just the tight end who might not want to put his face in there and block as hard. He's not just having to run behind one offensive lineman. No, he's running behind Rosie who can go in there and, and mix it up with the best of them. And that's the thing that I do think will bode well in terms of the creativity and how they want to go about running versus the very static, very predictable, straight ahead, <laughs> run it downhill at their throat. Like, right. That sounds good until teams know you're running it downhill at their throat and now they're, you know, Nine people in the box. Absolutely. Yeah, bringing in their big personnel. Absolutely, but when you're able to spread it out a little bit and do some of these different things from an alignment standpoint, it just makes the defenders from a pre-snap standpoint not know what you're doing. You're not tipping your hand, and that's the good thing. An hour in the books, an hour to go. Get at us on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 the body When we come back, Moats has, uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience with different things in the National Football League. But he knows what it's like to go against your old team. He also uh -huh. knows what it's like to uh, to play with one Ryan Fitzpatrick and I think against one Ryan Fitzpatrick as yes, well, too. Indeed. Let's talk a little Minka against his old team and Fitzmagic coming to town on Monday. Again, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Dabati52. It's the Electric Factory. I like it, baby. Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Here we go. Euler here about we here. Go. You love that, don't you? I do. It's the highlight of my second hour. <laughs> Euler emotes with you here live at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I got to say. Uh-oh. All right, this is a quick digression here. Okay. There is about 
f- I think about four weeks. All right, it's from like early October until like next week, or maybe two weeks, where just the drive into Pittsburgh. It's like a romance novel, oh, man. Oh, it's so beautiful, All man. the trees and all the different colors and the beautiful fall weather and the sun's still out, but it's just so picturesque. And, again, in a couple of weeks it'll be gray and dirty and <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> but for right now, down here on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I love coming down here. It's a gorgeous drive. you got the reflections off the water. It's just a great time of year. We are live at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side. Tweet the show at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. Going to be an interesting one for Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, going up against his old team. And our buddy Brian Batko brought up a good point, right, when he said it's it's a little different because it's a new coaching staff. It's not the same front office and head coach that brought him into Miami. There's been right. some some shuffling of the uh, of the cards there. But I know you have experience, Arthur. I mean, you got experience in many departments. You know, man, I you live this long, man. <laughs> uh, but you, this is, and, and I was, we were laughing about this. Tunchin Wolf had you on for about 30 seconds to ask you this. And I said, hey, you guys are reading my notes here and what we're going to talk about today. Your experience of going against an old team. I know you did it in Buffalo against the Steelers. <coughs> did you ever do it with the Steelers against Buffalo as well, too? Oh, say that again? Like, I know you played right, or no, sorry. Yeah, I would say even. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I was like, totally what? got that wrong. I played so against, you the played against the Steelers with Buffalo. In Buffalo. Yeah, it couldn't have right. worked the other way around. Right, I was like, wait a minute, yeah, what? what it wasn't my old what team. You, it was what like are you a, talking about here? It's like a premonition. What's what's that like? Uh, the game yeah. was the game was. Well, I played in against Pittsburgh. I right? played against Buffalo twice. Well, okay. actually, three times as a Steeler. Twice in the preseason, once in the regular season. Okay. So, I've had a couple of experiences in. I've actually had joint practices against oh. the Bills during my first season here in Pittsburgh. That's right. So in terms of what it feels like, it's weird. I'm not going to lie to you, man. And here's why. In training camp, I'll start out there. When you leave the organization that drafts you, when you leave an organization that you spent multiple years with, I was there for four years, you become attached to the players and you become attached to the city. Sure. And through negotiations, that's really what left our relationship a little rocky sure not in terms of me versus my team my former teammates but me versus management sure because things were said promises were made and a lot of stuff didn't go as they should have went or at least how we expected them to as go. you were led on to believe correct so that's what ultimately led to the feelings that i had towards management and coaches in buffalo so even when we came into the joint practices it's like Okay, you're cool, you're cool, but I'm not speaking to him. Don't look <laughs> at me. The, the same way we saw with, um, geez, who was just playing the other night? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on it, but that type of vibe in terms of I'll talk to everybody. Oh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. How you saw Earl Thomas, he, he shakes Russell Wilson's hand. He talks to Bobby Wagner, walks right by Pete Carroll. It was that type of vibe. Like, I'm going to talk to him, I'm going to talk to him. It was awkward because some of the people in management used to be in Pittsburgh. So the Steelers person are like, right. oh, you know, such and such, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And they're like, man, he's a cool guy. And I'm like, eh, if, you, if you say so. If you say so. <laughs> like, and that was the vibe. And it's <laughs> it's one of those things that it's hard to explain, but it just, you know, whatever it is, you want to kick them. You want to just kick their butt when you get out there sure, and practice prove them wrong. every rep. Absolutely. And then I remember in that first preseason game. So I kept thinking, well, I'm going to make some plays out here. I'm going to make some plays. I'm going to get some big hits. 
I'm going to show them like they messed up. And that was here in Pittsburgh. Then the following year, this is after I signed my contract extension. So now I'm really feeling some type of way when we go up to Buffalo to play them in the preseason in Buffalo. First time coming back, I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely want to do something out here. Get the sack. I feel great. I'm joking with uh with Joey on the sideline, Porter, because he's like, oh, I know that feeling. I know what it's like when you play against your old team and you, you get a sack. I'm like, bro, I wanted to celebrate for an hour. If, if I had it my way, I would have still been celebrating to this moment. Like, y'all messed up, you know? You wanted to go do a Lambo leap. Yeah, absolutely, man. man. Like <laughs> New era field. That was just how I was feeling at the time because you you take it as disrespect. Sure. A lot of times it's not as if – because it's like you as a player, you are naturally loyal to organizations because that's what you grow up doing from rec ball to high school yeah, ball to college. True. Like that's all you know. Then you get to the NFL and it's this business element of it that changes everything. So, for me, that's always how I viewed it. And every time I played him, it's always like, whenever I'm out here, I'm trying to take somebody's head off. I'm trying to do something to send a message to let y'all know, hey, it's still beef. Like, y'all didn't want to extend me. Y'all told me this and you did that. Y'all said this when you told me one thing. Okay, so just know, anytime I see you, it's on site. Is there a fine line you have to walk there, though, with using and harnessing that emotion, but still playing within your role doing your job, right, not trying to freelance and do too much out there. You've got to kind of balance, right, that emotion versus still your role, your job, and doing what you're asked to do with well, it. Yeah, that's within that's the every week. Every week you have to do something. Every week you can find a reason to be mad. I tell you, I've thrived off of that every week. Uh, Different oh, chip okay. on your shoulder Absolutely. every week. Oh, oh y'all going to gonna receive the ball so y'all don't respect us as a defense? Okay, they, are y'all kicking the ball? Oh, so y'all think that y'all just big and bad. Y'all don't need to worry about us. Okay, like any – oh, it's sunny outside. I hate the sun. Oh, it's cold. Man, I can't stand when it's cold. Like, I can't wait to Reminds me something. of Buffalo being cold. You know, cold. like, so for me, I always could figure out a reason to be mad. But you have to understand how to use it, how to channel it the right way because otherwise you're going to go out there and make yourself look crazy or worse, you're going to tie yourself out. I saw that firsthand too. Where you you just so hyped, you're so amped up, you're so ready to make this big statement that you yeah. blow a gasket before it even gets going. And those are some of the things that you try to, you know, just protect yourself from. But it's a weird dynamic. Luckily for uh for Minka in this situation, he's at home yes. in terms of it being here, so you don't Not have going to back to my right, because that was the awkward thing for me, because even though I felt a certain way about management. You're coming back, and I'm like, man, this is the mailman that I used to talk right. to for every the day. The parking lot, security the, right, right. Oh, the, the, the ticket lady. I know this lady, and yes. you just – it's almost like a homecoming. You're sure. shaking everybody's hand. You're hugging everybody. You want to still have that edge, but you're like, man. But you're I, like, man, I, I, these are good people. Right, and then you're going out there for pregame warm-ups, and I would always try to avoid pregame warm-ups because I don't want to lose the edge of – you are my enemy today. You don't want to go out there and be all chummy right. with the and, other and, team. And that's what it would be. And they're like, man, I ain't seen you in forever. Like, what's the fam? Like, I know I just talked to you. Like, we're going to get dinner afterwards. And those are the type of things that I always, always try to avoid. But so you were the Larry Bird uh, you were the Larry Bird mindset, not the Magic Johnson mindset. I don't correct. know if you've heard these stories, mm -hmm. right? But Larry Bird talks about how all the time he had to make sure that he always put up a wall against Magic. Yeah. Because that was his, you know, even though they're like, that was right, his right. competition. That was, competition. That was his other, the other yes. alpha dog. Whereas Magic was like the friendliest guy ever. Oh, yeah, like, hey, Larry, hey. how you doing? What's up, how man? Let's doing? talk about it. And Larry would never want to chum it up with anybody because yeah. he had to maintain that edge. Yeah, and that's how I always was, man. Whenever it's go time, like, I've played against some of my, like, super close friends, guys that all, we spend our time together in the offseason, both our families together. But when it's time to go, I'm just like, no. 
Don't don't come and look at me before the game. Don't text don't me before the me game. Don't ask me about my family. No, we're not talking. Afterwards, we could do the jersey swap. We could link up. I give recommendations. Wherever I'm gonna see you in a week, like it's it's nothing. But before that game, don't talk to me. Don't text me. Like I can't have that because for me, you have to know what type of player you are. And for me, I thrive off of that edge. I have to have that in place. I can't take anybody lightly. And that's just how I always viewed it. So even it didn't matter if it's guys I train with during the offseason. Sure. It's like, no, at the end of the day, when it's time to play, no, uh-uh, don't look at me, don't talk to me. Like, no, we're not dapping each other up. You're a nameless great Right, face. absolutely, and that's how I have to have it. Uh, that makes sense. I like it. I wonder, too, for Minka, if it's – because you were in Buffalo for four years, Yeah, correct? four years, absolutely. You think it's any different for a guy like Minka who played, what, I think 18 games with yeah, Miami? Yeah, one season and, what, two, two games, games this year? Yeah. Uh, I think it will be different in terms of – because the coaching staff is different, right. that changes a little bit. Even though you still spent the offseason with them, that changes. I wonder if a lot of it depends on what Flores and what the front office there were telling Minka during the offseason. Correct. Off. Well, like if the message was always, guys, like, listen, this is going to be a rebuilding project. Right. You never he know what could happen. Said, I don't want to be here, and they grant him that. Well, then he might have a he might way better. Right. He might respect him and like them. it. Yeah. Right. Whereas with mine, it was they're telling me, Hey man, you're homegrown. We drafted you. We love what you're doing. You're coming off your best season as a Bill. We're gonna make sure we get this contract taken care of. I know it's January, it's December right now, but we got you. It's gonna get done by February at the latest. And I'm like, okay. And then two and, months. And no, no, no. Hit. And then and then little reports are coming out. Oh, he doesn't want to be here. He said he wants more money. He's not he's not happy with his role. And I'm like, I didn't say any of that. That's not what we talked about. Like what? And it just keeps going on. And, on, and then you call And then in. you're thinking in your mind, who, so who's leaking all, all right, this stuff, right? right? And, and, then, and then phone calls are, are – they just casually stop responding. You're like, oh, so that's what we're doing now. Okay. Yeah, and Minka then, never went through it. Right, he didn't have to go through yeah. that. But it's different. Like, if you if this happened to me a year up there, I don't know if I still feel the same way. But when right. you spend four years with the organization, you think about the impact it's had on your family, the time we spent up there, having one of my uh, my daughters up there. Sure. The injuries I've had to overcome up there, the impact I've done in the community up there, like all of those things it's played like into that. It's like a college experience. Absolutely. Four years, yeah. It's like the same amount of time you were at Absolutely. JMU. And you're, you, I mean, when you're on a team for that long, you bleed it. You become diehard with them through the highs and the lows. But then to feel like you were lied to and things don't work out the way they work out, that's why a lot of times when you leave, it's like, oh, nah. We, uh, it's no pomp and circumstance don't with leave me that, you. Don't leave that door open. I'm Absolutely. not coming back. Like, hey, okay. And then even more so because the thing that I can't relate to, Minka, is this. My The coach that drafted me was Chan Gailey. I played with him for three years up there. My last season was with Doug Marone. Okay. So I'm still – I was more loyal to Chan Gailey than sure. I was with Marone. Sure. And then I felt certain type of ways for Marone just because of the things that transpired under his regime there. So for Mika, he might feel a certain type of way just depending on how the coach staff was with him and how the new coach staff was with him and things like that. So it's one of those things. But I think he, he's been saying the right things in terms sure. of it was all business, and that's what you're supposed to say when they would ask me lead up to the game. Most how you feel about it. Uh, oh, it's just man, another it's just, opponent. It's just another game. I'm not worried about it. But deep down, you feel a type of way. How do you feel? What type of way do you feel about a, a guy that you have experience playing with and against, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is there a chance that hey. Fitzmagic could strike on Monday night in Heinz? Put it like this. I hope it doesn't. I want to see him do well, but I want to see them get beat bad, if that makes sense. I would love for him to go out there, you know, look good. 200 yards two, right, right, and two, a touchdown two, 200, pass. 250 at best. One touchdown. One touchdown is fine, but he does some things with his legs. 
keeps the game like from being a snooze fest. But at from the same a, okay, time, I'm gonna go watch right. the World Series instead right. of this Monday night football game. But at the same game. time, it's clear who the better team is. It's clear who's gonna win it. I want to see one of those type of games. And Fitz, I mean, he has that type of capability. And for me, I'm always biased towards him just because. Outside of Ben, that was my quarterback. Sure. Like, I've had my most success under him. We played together the longest. So, it was like I always felt a way when it came to Fitzy, you know? But in terms of what we want to see you on Monday night, no, nah, you keep that magic. Hey, you save that for another week, baby. That's right. Yeah. And it's been fun. I mean, you think about a guy that you I, I've had on my team for multiple years, but then I've played against on multiple occasions, right. too. Whether it was with the Jets or when he was with the Texans. I mean, it's just like – it's a cool experience because you know the type of competitor that he is, and it's a cool experience because you know you're going to get a good game out of him. Like, he might throw some interceptions, but he's still going to do some things that challenges you, and, and you can't take him lightly. Seventh-round pick from the Ivy League. Yeah, I mean, it's out of Harvard, it, man. It, it's pretty clear now 15 years later that he belongs, and there's a reason oh, yeah. why teams keep bringing him in and why he – it always seems like whatever team he ends up with, doesn't matter who the quarterback in front he's of gonna him is. He's going to start. He's always going to start. He's going to start. <laughs> yep. I'm like, y'all call him a journeyman. You call him a backup. My man starts. Yeah. He starts games, period. Is it, is it true he got a perfect score on his Wonderlick test? 50 out of 50? That's a strong possibility. When I tell you this, he is probably the smartest person. I, no, without it, he's the smartest yeah. person I know. But he's, like, cool smart. He's not weird smart. You know you get the weird, Some like. Some people, you, they're so smart you can't even have a conversation right, like, with that's, them. That's like you're not on different Fitz. wavelengths. Yeah, Fitz, man, he's going to have a conversation with you, and you're going to enjoy it. Like, he's that type of guy. That's why I like. I think that's what, if you talk to a lot of his teammates, everywhere he's been, they all say they similar like things him. about him. Like, he's just a fun guy to be around. He's a joke, like, super big prankster. We saw the Deshaun Jackson thing where he dressed up yes, like that. Yes, Man, <laughs> we were in Buffalo. He dressed up as, the, as Chan Gailey. You know, old Changeli glasses, this like uh, bubble vest thing, like that's what he does. So it's just he's a fun guy to be around. But at the end of the day, you could be as fun as you want after a loss on Monday night. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, just again after a loss on Monday night, you'll chum it up with Fitz Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do what you need but after that, be, but not before the game. No, not at all. Nameless great faces. Ne ne never talk to him before a game we play. After the game, we'll talk to him like, yo, I got you, or I almost got you. And he's like, yeah, man. When that was I saw a nice play you made on that one. He's like, when I saw it was you that sacked me, I just wanted to walk home. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I knew I was going to hear about that one. <laughs> on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 we, the got some, body. we got some questions coming in here. We will get to those. But when we come back, Motsi. Uh-oh. 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 Is it my favorite thing to do on a Thursday? Three question Thursday. Hey. When we come back, a three-pack of inquisitive questions for Arthur Motes. And – if you've listened the past couple weeks, I've developed this pretty good pattern, this success at getting Motsi fired oh, up during man. Three Question Thursday. Come on, Mighty Reds. And I think, <laughs> I think I've got a question that will get his blood boiling here. What is it? Well, you have to come back with us to here. Three Question Thursday next. You are inside the electric factory at Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's our favorite time of the week. Every Thursday at about 1.20, I attempt to get Arthur Motes' blood boiling uh -oh. and stimulate good conversation at the same time. It's a little thing we do called Three Question Thursday. For those of you unfamiliar, it's 
pretty simple concept. Three questions that Arthur Muggs and I debate that I try and get his opinion on outside of the Steelers bubble, right? So these questions are never related specifically to the Steelers. But what I like to do is usually two of the questions are hard-hitting football X's and O's questions. And then the third one can tend to be a little outside of the box, a little little mystery box, if you will, a yeah. wild card. And one, one of those questions tend to just have me ready to jump across the table and grab you, man. Well, not always necessarily at me, <laughs> but, you know, I just push or the people. buttons that get yes. you fired up at other people. So you do. We'll see how this week goes. It's time for Three Question Thursday. The first one for you, Arthur Motes. Adam Schefter dropped a, uh, a little bit of a bombshell on Monday Night Football. A Shefty bomb? A Shefty bomb. And, and he's, not a, uh, he's not a speculator. He's not a, a, a rumors guy. You know if Schefter says something, he truly believes it's true mm-hmm. or at least a real talking point. Monday night on the pregame before the Patriots just absolutely slaughtered the Jets, Schefter was talking about how it's no guarantee that Tom Brady's back in New England next year. But that that doesn't necessarily mean he's just going to retire. Uh-oh. That he could actually be potentially a free agent after this season, Tom Brady, that he could be interested in joining an NFC team. Now, Schefter didn't name any teams in particular, but I can think of a couple NFC teams that have really good defenses that could just use a quarterback. Oh, you talking about like Chicago? What? Man, that would be a great one. So that was the big news on Monday, right? Then Tuesday morning, Tom Brady, he does a regular radio hit with WEEI, which is a sports talk station in right. in Baston. And he didn't come out and deny what Schefter was saying. He gave Ooh. one of those, well, you know, at this stage of my career, it's a very year-to-year process, and I'm never Uh-oh. looking ahead. I'm just living in the moment, and I could be done this year. I could be done in five years. He didn't necessarily shoot down the idea of him, huh. you know, pulling a Joe Montana and finishing his career other than with the franchise that he became legendary and won a bunch of Super Bowls with. Then this morning, Arthur Motes, I get up and I chuck on the TV, as I always do, and I see Adam Schefter on Get Up, you know, that morning Absolutely, show yeah, on, on ESPN. Jalen, uh, Jalen Rose, yeah. And Adam Schefter almost doubles down. And he says, and I quote, Brady staying in New England is the least likely option. Whoa. Adam Schefter Whoa. said that this morning. And I was like, wait a second, hold on. Hold on. Like, did, did nobody else hear what he just said? Like, there hasn't been Whoa. any reaction really to this. But again, Adam Schefter today. Tom Brady staying in New England is the least likely option. And that's not coming from Joe Schmo right. on Twitter. That's not coming from some guy. That's coming from Adam Schefter. The Adam Schefter. Arthur Motes, is there any chance that Tom Brady finishes his career with a franchise other than the New England Patriots? I mean, you have to take it into account that he has a chance to hit the market next year. That's real. And he's been a guy that has drastically – been underpaid every year granted he makes a ton of money off the field granted his wife makes a ton of money but he's never got his just due in terms of contracts and he's ever been the highest paid quarterback uh in the nfl and also i'll say this he might be the competitor that he is want to prove that he can do something Ooh, that it's not absolutely and i think both of them feel the same way in terms of one feels like they're more important than the other and they both are alphas. Both of them are highly successful. No doubt. But I think that both of them kind of have that itch of, I want to prove that I don't need you to be successful. And I think that's something that makes it very realistic. And for Brady, I mean, just to think about this, you really have the opportunity to pick where you would want to oh, go. It's no not doubt. It's not like the Gronk situation where they were going to try to trade him or Garoppolo where he did get traded. No, you're going to get a chance to say, hey. Probably – 
what, 20-some NFL teams that would take him in a heartbeat? How many NFL teams are there in the NFL? 32. Like the Let's Chiefs, say about 20, the Chiefs I'm saying like 25 take, of them. Let's say who wouldn't, right? The Chiefs? Seahawks? Chiefs, Seahawks, Packers, Steelers? Yeah, Packers, yeah. Steelers. What about the Ravens right now? The only reason maybe not the Ravens is because they have fully designed an offense, offense for Lamar. Lamar yeah. but it's if you're the Rams, you Saints? take them. Saints, maybe. Yeah, yeah Saints, Saints, yeah, they Saints got Drew. Too. Right. Oh, the Rams would take them in a heartbeat. That's what I'm saying. McVay, McVay, McVay right. would kick they off would definitely the take door. Him. <laughs> He'd right. drive him to the LAX to get him out of Philly. There. Yeah. Even though they just gave Carson Wentz a huge amount of money, I think. They, I think they still would. The Giants. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. I, I, okay, so the teams that wouldn't, Steelers, Saints, Chiefs, Seahawks, Packers. Yeah. And maybe Ravens because, like right, you said, the offense is so them, tailored right. for – Buffalo would definitely take them. Oh, 100%. So, 6 minus 32, quick math, that's 26 teams. Wow, so I was one off. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that, – and you know who I'll say, too, the Miami Dolphins because they're clearly uh, in, on, they're in on Tua yeah. <laughs> in the draft. Although that's what it is. they could bring in Brady for a year and groom Tua. Oh, Ooh. now we're talking – although I seriously doubt he'd go in a division where he had to play the Patriots. Right. Two times a year. And especially if he's not going somewhere where he has the firepower. Right. You know, his house is for sale. His, I did see his that, Boston absolutely. area house is yeah. for sale. And his trainer just put his house uh-huh. on the market as well, too. Going to Buffalo? Let me ask you this, too. If Tom Brady were to leave, and obviously it depends where he would end up. Right. But who would you have faith in having more success in those year two afterwards, Brady or Belichick? If he goes to Chicago. He's going to have that's, more success. That's scary, man. <laughs> right. But that defense. If he went to L.A. with the Rams. And Sean McVay. He's going to have more su- We should put the Chargers on that list. I don't think they would. That's a good point. Rivers, so that puts it at 25, so I was right. Just throwing it out there. If he well, w- and I guess, too, actually, we should say it's technically 24 because then the Patriots would be off that list, too. Oh! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You I- know what? The Chargers probably would take him. Never mind, so it's back to 25. Maybe there's some real smoke to this whole Belichick was ready to move on and start the Garoppolo era, and Brady has been kind of ticked off. I think so. I'm, but I think that's a part of anything, man. If you spend that much time in an organization together, that much time together, and you have to think it's not – you win a Super Bowl, that's great. But that's the pinnacle. That's the end part. The process of getting there Particularly with a guy like Belichick. Hard. They say it's not a fun environment. It's not – you don't show up to work like, yay, we're at work. It's like, no, you're here for one reason. Fun. What, what is fun? Zero fun, sir. It's, there is no fun. It's like Denzel Washington, right. member of the Titans. Right? Absolutely. And that's why Belichick has these – he's fine guys when they're five minutes late to practice Absolutely. in a snowstorm. Yeah, like, I don't care what what you were going to crash and die. Oh, so what? what? That's Six inches of snow? Big oh, deal. So so we're supposed to – you're supposed to inconvenience us? I got here. I left at 3 o'clock this morning. What? Like – what? I didn't go home last night. I slept in yeah. the office. What, what, what do you love more, winning or your safety? <laughs> That's the type of atmosphere you got up there, man. Like I said, there's a lot of other people that could be talking about this stuff, and I wouldn't believe it. When Adam Schefter says what he says on Monday and then follows it up with Brady staying in New England is the least likely option. My ears were parking up. I had those Baker Mayfield rabbit ears going on this Speaking morning. Speaking of, would he go to Cleveland? I don't think Cleveland would be ready to punt on Baker I agree. that early. I agree. But it certainly wouldn't be the worst situation for Brady. Well, you have to assume, too, wherever he goes, it's on a, what, one- or two-year deal, right? It'd probably be a one-year with a player option for, right. a, for a second So that's year. what you're assuming. 
Three question Thursday, question number two. That was a good one. That was fun. I like that one. See, I don't think it gives your blood boiling too. No, I don't no, think no. this one will get your blood boiling too okay. much. There's some talk out there that Patrick Mahomes might actually play this Sunday night against the Packers. Oh, man. Should he? Arthur Modes, and do you think a lot of this is just in his mind? He wants to have that head-to-head matchup with Aaron Rodgers to showcase his stuff, to show he's the new most talented quarterback in football. He definitely wants the head-to-head versus Aaron Rodgers to have that title of the baddest. But has he ever heard of RG3? Mm. Robert Griffin III. Mm. Very promising first year as a starter. Yeah. Was looking good. Had a little knee injury. Everything changed. Everything changed. Mahomes. Why? What what purpose does it serve for you to go out there knowing you just dislocated your kneecap? Mm -hmm. Just dislocated it. You got lucky that you didn't tear everything up. Because typically when you dislocate, you do have to worry about the tears and stuff like that from a ligament standpoint. You want to go back out there and risk that that quick? For what purpose? Are you going to the Super Bowl tomorrow? Because if you win that game, are you going to the Super Bowl? No. If you lose that game, does it kill your, your season? season over? No. So what are you doing? I'm hoping that's just media fluff. I'm hoping that's just something Smoke to get people to talk about. Maybe right. For the Packers. Right. But other than that, I'm like, Mike Pett and that defense, they're not playing no games. <laughs> you thought it was, you thought it, all right. You thought this this Colts defense had you. Ah. You thought that Broncos defense. Ah. You thought the Texas defense. Ah. Not nah, that Green Bay defense, they, they'll do something to you now. They've been a little next level this Absolutely. Season. You mentioned when the injury happened to Mahomes, you were even skeptical when they were saying three weeks. Yeah. You said, I know guys that have gone through that. I've seen it. This would be two weeks, right? Because he would have been just – it would because a longer week. The game was on right. a Thursday. Right, it was on a Thursday. So you're looking at about 10, 11 days? Wow. That's not even two weeks. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I understand the thought process in his mind of like, ah, I want this to be my league and I want to play Aaron Rodgers. Like, I get that, but, man, it's not worth it. I agree 100%. It's not worth it at all. And there's nothing that's going to be beneficial from it. I mean, you go out there and play and say you played well this week, but now you're not – once you get out there, you're not going to be able to just say, oh, I'm going to sit out the next week. No, now you're locked in. Now you're into that game, and you're never going to let it fully heal like it needs to. And it's not like he's the quarterback that's going to sit in the pocket. He likes to move around. He likes to show off his athletic ability and his ability to just make throws from any angle, from anywhere. You're going to open yourself up to so much more while you're out there trying to play hurt. And not to mention other parts of your body having to overexert themselves. Yeah. And we've seen that happen numerous times where a guy has an ankle injury. That ankle becomes a knee. That knee becomes a hammy. And it's always just something that you're going to be dealing with in terms of the nagging injuries. No, just sit down. Yeah, I think so, too. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. I would, too. But let's be real. If he goes out there and doesn't play well, no one's going to say, oh, it's because he was hurt. They're going right. to say, oh, he doesn't look good. Oh, what's going right. on with him? Oh, well, Mahomes. Yeah. Well, no, that's a good point by you as well, too. Three question Thursday. Question number three. Uh-oh, the moment of truth. Here we go. Let's see. Arthur Motes, there's been a war raged in pop culture this week. Uh Over Marvel and superhero movies. Okay. Martin Scorsese, famed director, famous director. Martin Scorsese, baby. Said that. Marvel movies and superhero movies were more movie uh, were more theme parks than they were cinema. Mm. And then Francis Ford Coppola, who is the guy who directed the Godfather movies, yeah. came right out and said that, that they're a farce, they're a fraud, they're not cinema, they're a joke. 
Arthur Motes. I know you're I know you're a superhero movie kind of guy. I know you're a Marvel <sighs> kind of guy. What do you got to say to these hoity-toity Hollywood types Man. who think superhero movies aren't proper cinema? They're hating. It's like what Michael Jordan says, Steph Curry isn't a Hall of Famer right now. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, we love what you've done. We respect all your accolades and all the great movies that y'all have been a part of. But, man, y'all are some hating old men. Period. How can you say that some of the best movies that we've seen, Marvel, DC, think about the different movies that have come out of that, that factory right there. You are a full hater if you don't think those are real movies. Oh, it's a theme park. Okay, it might just be the best theme park you've ever seen then. It might be Cedar Point. Right. That's it. You hear it? Six Flags is doing great. <laughs> if, we're, if, we're, if that's how we're talking about it, like, what does he want movies to be like? The thing that blows my mind is if it was, to use your term, that's the Coach Tomlin term, if it was a bunch of nameless gray faces mm -hmm. who were coming into these movies and these movies were still making billions of dollars, then you maybe. can say, yeah, it's it's the the, the setup, but not the but acting. Think about all the phenomenal actors. Robert Downey Jr. He was already big, but I feel like he got back into mega star, like mega star realm by his role in Iron Man. Scarlett Johansson, uh, Chris, Chris Christian Bale, Christian Bale's another Bale. one. Like, yeah. he blew Heath up Ledger. even more. Come on now, that. Heath Ledger as Joker might have been his best role ever. Oh, it's one of the most iconic roles in cinema, ever. His, in cinema history. Like, I don't care what movie it was. Godfather, I, I put him up there with that. That's. And speaking of which, wow. you know which movie I saw this past weekend that's the best movie I've seen in a few years? Uh-oh. The Joker. You want to watch that film and tell me that Joaquin Phoenix doesn't give right. one of the best performances Stop you've it. seen in a long time. Stop. Or Tom Hardy as Bane. Come on, man. Yeah, that Tom Hardy guy, he's never really done No, he, oh, guy, yeah, right? he's a bunch of Joe Smoes. What? That's why it doesn't, like, there was, I feel like, some of this talk when uh, Avatar came out with James Cameron, like, 10, 11 yes. years ago. Yes. But th that movie had a bunch of C-list actors and actresses in True. it. True. It didn't have Robert Downey Jr. Right. and Christian Bale and Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson they got real and life, Don Cheadle. And like, legit names, legit people. Anne, ha Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Come on, man. Tom Holland. Come on. What are we talking about? Like, here? these are very are, good actors and actresses. What are we talking about? Bunch of haters is what we're talking about. Haters. And Francis Ford Coppola. You know what I got a problem with? You know what's not real cinema? Uh -oh. Your four-hour-long Godfather movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 wait. No, I don't know. They're, don't, they're don't great. You, don't but you? why do I need to sit there for four hours? Because that's a that's that's a masterpiece. Don't you no, talk about four hours. I, I will watch that four I hours love, any days, man. I love the Godfather. I love the Godfather. I can't. Hey, listen. But that's a long wait in a line for that theme ride right there. Four hours. It was worth it, though. It was worth it. It was worth it. But so was the three hours that I spent sitting there watching the Avengers. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely worth it, too. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I, I do like DC and Marvel because at least my kids can enjoy it and they understand it. If I want to watch Godfather, like, Dad, what is – I'm going to send them a message. What does that mean? Why or, is there the dead fish? Like, like, What's with the dead fish? Wait, wait, is that a horse's head, Dad? What, I thought A.B. had that. No? And, yeah. What does he mean I knew it was you who broke my heart? Like, like what's going on here? Legit. My wife doesn't really have much of an interest in superhero-type films. Yeah. She watched the first Avengers Funny thing is, with my me. wife doesn't either. Really? Yeah. Like, my wife's not a hater. She's just not super She's into not it. not into it, yeah. A few – this would have been before the Steelers season, actually. So this was a few months ago. 
Avengers, the first one, the OG Avengers was uh-huh. on TV, and she actually sat there with me and watched it. And like halfway through, she's like, "This is this is pretty good. It's a good movie." And she said, "Because the acting is really good. Like yes. you think a lot of times with these superhero movies that it's just again nameless faces. Right. The the act, man, it's they're well directed. They're well acted. Man, tell them old guys stop hating. Michael Jordan is a hater, yeah, and I love Michael Jordan." But you hate He's Steph Curry, not a Hall of Fame. You hate him. Have you seen who's in the NBA Hall of Fame? You are hating. They might as well call it the NBA Hall of Good. He doesn't have. He doesn't hard have to. Get to into. He doesn't have to step on another court. And he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. First ballot. Without a doubt. Not even a question. Yao Ming was a first ballot Hall of Famer. What are we talking Stop about it. here with Steph Curry? Stop it. Yeah, Michael Jordan, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola. I mean, come on, guys. You're I like le- your names. You're legends, but like just Y'all are haters. Just let let the new generation have some spin. Y'all can be legendary haters. It happens. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. We've got some questions here from Tanner, from Steeler Guy, from Jason that we'll get to when we return. And a little quarterback controversy. I don't even know if controversy is the right word, but maybe a changing of a guard that I want to run past one Arthur Motes before we get out of here. It's the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz. And as always, it's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Three questions Thursday, as it always does, getting the people going. Our buddy Devin chimes in here. Never seen a scene of Godfather. (laughs) Never will. (laughs) Devin, that's okay with us, but don't let Stan Saverin hear you say that. Devin, no, that's not okay, Devin. That's not okay. Go watch The Godfather, man. It's an awesome movie. It is. It's just so long. It's you well, need a well, na- you need a nap like half. And they're gonna do, and and you can join the national debate of was part two better than part one? Ooh. Because that's like a, a big it conversation. Is, like, hey, is Godfather two better than Godfather one? Which is rare that you have those conversations. Usually, the sequel sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm, now you got me thinking. Other series, other movies that are like that. Uh, second Ace Ventura. Oh, pretty oh, darn good. Pretty darn good. With yeah. Pretty darn good oh, when nature calls. I love that one. Second oh. Mighty Ducks, D2 Mighty Ducks, pretty darn like D2. good. D2 is tough. Pretty oh. darn good. Second Lord of the Rings, oh, Two Towers, two t- pretty, maybe yeah. the best one in the whole trilogy. I personally think so. Do you? Me too. I do. That is my favorite one in the what whole trilogy. What about Matrix? That's a good one. Matrix 2 versus Matrix 1. That's a good one. Now you got me thinking. There are some good sequels out there, but you're yeah, right for the, for the that, most that's part. Like, that's a real discussion because a lot of times, like, the the first one is the best, and it's, like, hands down. Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2. Mm-hmm. It's another one where you're like, ooh, that's tough. It's tough. It's close. It's, it's, a, it's a discussion. Absolutely. It's a discussion. We're always having good conversation here yeah, Devin, on the man, show. Go check out The Godfather, man. You're depriving yourself, baby. A couple names here I want to run by you and get your thoughts on. Uh, first one, Marcus Mariota. Mm. It looks like Tennessee is ready to move on from him. Yeah, that's Tannehill's team now. Do you think his potential – do you still see him as having the potential to be a number one type quarterback, or do you think his role in the league and his draft position and how he came in, teams are uh, kind of punting on him as being a franchise guy? I mean, how long and how many opportunities do you need to see if you're Four a Four years, right? right? Five years? Right, how many opportunities do you need? Multiple Regular season, uh, playoffs, you're seeing him in multiple situations. A uh, guy is who he is. I think with Jameis Winston, he's similar in terms of you know he's going to be a guy that can light it up, but he's 
going to have a hard time ever sustaining wins or, or having a sustainable season because of the amount of turnovers that he has. That's just guys are who they are at this point in their careers, man. Keith tweets here, did you just call the Godfather a crappy piece of cinema? No, Keith, we get it. <laughs> All I said was that it's re a really long piece of cinema. That's no, it. no, uh, uh, when, it's, when it's that good, length doesn't matter. It's true. Okay. But I, I still do need a nap halfway No, through. man. No, you better drink some coffee, take a nap on the front end. But he adds, I don't think Scorsese or Coppola have room to talk either unless they've hit home runs on every single movie they've ever directed. That's a fair point there by Keith. Jordan missed a ton of game winners. As well, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Kobe missed game winners. Absolutely. LeBron misses game winners. Hey, oh, why'd you say Kobe before LeBron? What's your deal? Uh, alphabet. Oh. K comes before L in uh, the alphabet. No, LeBron always comes first. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's a better player. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're, we're on the same page on that. I like it. Sam Darnold. Seeing ghosts. Oh, the comment gets man. the comment gets aired on Monday Night Football, and the Jets are not happy. Do you think they have a right to be ticked off? <sighs> it's I see it multiple ways. From the media perspective, what's you you got these guys mic'd up for a reason, and you want to get certain content Fans during games for a reason. Fans love that absolutely. And if you're Sam Darnold. I mean, you understand when you're micing you up, what you open yourself up to. And I will say this. You have the opportunity to deny being mic'd up. You can tell them you don't want to be mic'd up. True. You can pass. So by you saying, okay, I'm going to wear it, you can't just say you're going to wear it thinking everything's going to go good and you're going to say cool things, people are going to love you. No, if you say something like that, oh, I, I think I'm seeing ghosts out there, hey, that's not – it's nothing profane. It's nothing that makes the NFL – paints the NFL in a bad light. It just makes you look bad, but you shouldn't have said it, man. If you see you ghost, you see seeing ghosts. You, it's a double-edged sword. You like the content so much? All right, all right, yeah. Last one for you here before we uh, – oh, and Devin makes a great point. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, oh yes. That's the gold standard yes. of sequels there. Good call, Devin. That's man. probably the best in all of the, what, dozen different yeah, Star Wars was... movies that have been made. Whew. One more name question to run past you here before we wrap up with some reaction on Twitter. Any faith? In the Vikings making some noise this year. Why you want to play with me today? I didn't say necessarily Kirk why, Cousins. Why you want to play with me today? You're just still – they could win their next seven games and you're still punting. Are we? Are they going to win the Super Bowl, yes or no? Are they going to make it to the Super Bowl, yes or no? If they were in the AFC, I'd say they had a real shot. I think they're at best the You're saying that team. now. You're saying that now. Three, three weeks ago, three were you saying that? No. No, but three weeks ago, everyone was loving the Chiefs, and now they've come back down to earth a little oh, bit more. My goodness. No, Wes, I don't <laughs> think that the Vikings – Can they win a playoff game? I do think they can win a playoff okay. game. Well, if they get a, a, they they a, a wild-card matchup, yeah. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just saying they're not a Super Bowl caliber team. I, ag I agree with you on that, but I, I have been impressed with how they I'm play. Saying. Yeah, I've been impressed as well, and I think Kirk Cousins has been doing good – these past couple of games in terms of making the throws he's supposed to make, not turning the ball over and looking like a quarterback that can be a starter in this league. But we've also seen numerous times with Kirk where he'll go on spurts of a couple hot games. Then he has some very Kirk like games. And then he turns into Kirk coupons. Absolutely. That's what everybody in Philly used to always call him Kirk when, he <laughs> when he was the skins quarterback, Kirk, Kirk coupons. All right, let's wrap up with some of these re some of these tweets we got on Twitter here that we've we been go. putting off here. Rapid fire. Uh, Tanner, this is in relation to Three Question Thursday. If Brady goes to the NFC, do you think it would be passing the torch to Pat Mahomes in terms of his path to Super Bowls? Mm, I don't think as easy because that Chiefs team, they still have issues they in terms holes. of their defense. 
in terms of stopping people. I think offensively, when Mahomes is healthy, they can score with the best of them. But I think teams are finding ways to slow them down, and we're seeing that happen as well. So I don't think it would necessarily be easy. I think it does open up a lot for the AFC, though, in terms of a team like Buffalo. In terms of teams like the Steelers, historically, when they've had to face Brady in the playoffs and stuff like that, I think it opens up for the Texans more, right, and the Colts. It opens up for a lot more parity in the AFC than what we've seen in the past. Particularly in that division, too. Yeah. Steeler guy tweets, I'm hearing a lot about Skipper this and Skipper that and how we needed to move and get him when he was on waivers. I think we don't know the depth and breadth of our – that's a hey. That, I, we don't know the depth and breadth. That's good there, like Steeler that. guy. Of our player ratings, Elliott must be the guy in the Steelers' minds. Would you agree? Yeah, clearly because they yeah. could have brought Skipper back. They had numerous opportunities to bring him back, and they had numerous opportunities prior to le uh, letting him walk in, in terms of when they released him. They, they could have went with other options and things like that, but that's who they chose to go with. And you have to trust the personnel decisions for a reason. Those guys get paid when they get paid. They've been doing this for a while now, and so far, so good. Oklahoma's own tweets, LeBron better than Kobe with a bunch of laughing faces. Stick to football, fellas. I love the show, though. Listen. Oh, man, stick to listening, man. O Oklahoma's own. I hope he's not, a, I hope he's not an OU fan, too, because, I mean, geez, this guy would just be, he'd just be throwing all the daggers at me. I am a, I'm a child of Kobe, all right? Jeez. When I was – I'm 28 years old, okay? Kobe's so I was, Shaq, I was a child of Kobe. I tried to deny it for so long. Uh, there's no universe, not Earth, not, not Space Jam, where Kobe Bryant was a better basketball player than LeBron James. Right. It's just not true. I don't think LeBron will ever get to five rings like Kobe has. Well, you know what? If, if LeBron – this would be his opportunity with AD. It's because true. Shaq carried, uh, Shaq carried oh. Kobe – to three of those, where Shaq was the clear-cut Finals MVP Remember for three who's of those. Remember saying this, Oklahoma Zone. This That's isn't West. This isn't West. That's all I'm saying. Who carried who? Was Kobe carrying Shaq or was Shaq carrying Kobe? <laughs> Period. Last one here as we wrap up the show. You Jason. don't carry LeBron. LeBron carries you. Jason asks, in our opinion, who needs to have the biggest game to build on Monday night? Is it James Conner? Is it Juju? Is it James Washington? It's is LeBron it Dante Moncrief? <laughs> or, or could it be one of the outside linebackers like Elliott or Ola? Who needs to have the biggest game to build on Monday night? Uh, I think it's one of the outside linebackers. I think it's definitely Bud and Ola. I think it would be huge for Ola just having that opportunity to show what he can do in a regular season game. He can show what he can do when healthy. I think that's huge for him, and I think for Bud, because of the momentum that he has going into this game, because of the sacks that he's acquired, because of the big plays we've seen from him, this is a chance for him to show that he can be a consistent force on the edge. He can be a guy that you can depend on week in and week out. So I think this is going to be huge for both of those guys. That'll do it for today's show. We appreciate the chiming in on hey, Twitter. Man, shout out to Oklahoma's very own, love, man. That, that got me going. I love it. I love it. Love it when the people get involved in the, and embrace the debate. We love it. Let's do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. Oh. Motsi won't be here. Man. But we're going to potentially have you uh, call in or Absolutely, do some stuff yeah, for, our, for, our, for our show me the money happen. for the get the paper picks at the end. Motes is, uh, is off to JMU doing a little color commentary yeah, at man. homecoming they, they this weekend. Me, you know, talk a little bit, give my perspective. Hey, you're a man in demand. That's, you know, that's all I can you, say. You know why? It's because I know you. That's true. I got, you, I got you into the room. You know? Hey, no just, question, Again, man. when you're on the NFL Network and you guys are looking Stop to hire it, somebody man. else, you just remember, you remember your point. Listen, man, I'm going to wear my West Virginia socks when I go down there. 
Because y'all always under my feet. We'll have David send that Photoshop again. Oh, of you the man. <laughs> thanks, Stop it. Thanks to good friend of the show, Brian Backo, for joining us. And thanks to our guy, Jacob, back at HQ for producing the whole thing. We'll talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place. High noon, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.